Hey everyone, welcome back to the Improv TX Comedy Network. If this is your first time checking out the podcast network, we appreciate it. Please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give the Improv TX Comedy Network a like. And just a reminder, the Improv TX Comedy Network is live on YouTube with all your favorite comedians on the improv stage. All links can be found in the description. And with that, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from open mic to the big stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. This is Doug. Today I have a very special guest on. This guy is one of my favorite comedians in DFW and also one of my favorite people. He's hilarious. He goes all around the Texas area and Oklahoma, I believe. And the country. You go everywhere. I've been there, yeah. Everywhere. Hilarious jokes. One of the best podcasts, hands down, in the DFW area. If you're not listening to it, oh, wow. you need to. Yeah, today's guest is Mikey B. Mikey B., how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I always like to start by asking, how long have you been in the game? Well, first off, thanks for that great intro. I'm definitely not going to live up to it. <laughs> um, I feel like my podcast and my life is trash. But uh, <laughs> as far as what they call comedy, I'd say I'm almost eight years. I think next month, around next month, will be eight years. Holy yeah, eight years and nothing to show for it. You got the podcast <laughs> and you got your well, yeah, street true. cred and like your comedy and yeah. like what are you talking about? Like you're how do you cash in on street cred? I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I think you're killing it. Like before I met you, I knew about your podcast and I'd never seen you on stage. And the first time I saw you on stage, I was like, holy crap! Like this guy lives up to like. The legend that has been built up in my head. So that gives me chills because I want to be a legend. I know I'm not supposed to admit that. I'm supposed to be humble, but I want that so bad. Oh, yeah. I want it. I want to. I make so many bad decisions because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but the story. Oh, yeah. This might f- me over for a while, but the story is going to be legendary. Like when I die again, you know, next yeah. time when it sticks. And I'm like, I, I just, I, I heard a quote the other day that I really loved, and it was, not all of your decisions have to be smart. Some of them can be cinematic. Yes, And absolutely. I was like, I love that so yeah, much. You, yeah. That's one of my favorite things about you, is you're an amazing storyteller. When you tell a story, you literally draw the audience in. And that's one of my favorite things about your podcast. You and Jason just kill it. Like, Thanks, man. The whole time you guys are talking, doesn't matter what it is, because you've been best friends for so long. Yeah, and by the way, the name 20 of the plus po- years. The podcast is the Open Mic Podcast, so go listen to it. It's on everything, and you can watch the video. You do full video, yeah. Yeah, full video, Spotify, it's uh, the Open Mic Podcast, M-I-K-E. Just look for the artwork that looks like two garbage pail kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's me and my best friend Jason of over 20 years. He's not a comedian or a comic. He's a comedian in the sense of like we do a comedy show, a comedy and crime show. But yeah, he, he's my best friend, and I wanted to do something with somebody that wasn't a comedian, so it's not like two people fighting over the limelight, you know, fighting for that spotlight because I'm selfish. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and it was actually his idea. So he kind of talked me into it. He's like, "We'll put your name in the title." So of course now I'm like, "It's my show." Yeah. <laughs> So it's a hundred and something episodes now, right? Yeah, I think we're about to record. We've we've actually been off for like a month, just scheduling issues. Plus, Jason won't do a show on Wednesdays because wrestling's on. Uh, but uh, so if you like wrestling, talk does come up of it, and I try to shut it down, but they talk over me when I do. But yeah, we're I think we're about to do episode one hundred and five, maybe nice. something like that. Yeah, we did our and thank you guys for letting me do the live show here. We did our live show here, our yeah. first one, and people are still talking to me about it. It was it was 
so much more fun than I thought it'd be. It's one of my yeah. favorite shows I've ever been to. Hands oh, down. thanks, man. Like, who all did you have? You had Danzy. You had had uh, Dan Danzy. Joe. We had Paul Smith, Joey Johnson, Carrie Smith. That's right. And then we also had a special drop in Mike E. Winfield, and I worked with him years ago, and that dude is so funny. He's yeah. hilarious. He's definitely killing it right now. Oh like, yeah. He's on like America's Got Talent or something like. That. Oh, he's on a rocket sh- rocket ship. So it's not rocket. <laughs> he's on a uh, he's on a rocket turd. No, he's on a rocket ship to the top. He's he's killing it, man. I'm I'm happy for him. I want to talk because that's what I do about everybody. But no, he's yeah. he's hilarious. He deserves it. And he's killing it right now. Not that he needs my compliments, but and also you've had almost every single comedian in the city on your podcast. I think like over the hundred episodes. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had a lot of them. A few repeats here and there. I try to work in everybody, but I try to bring now I have a philosophy where I, I try to bring in people that I'm going to have a good time with. We just want to have fun. Nobody knows who we are or gives a shit. Occasionally I get a bigger comic on, but for the most part, my idea is we have a good show, have fun, and if people like it, then they can get to know us at the end. They can follow us, track us on social media, whatever, and come to our shows. But I weirdly have gotten recognized on the street a few times for it, which always feels weird. Nice. I was walking into a show at the Fort Worth Hyenas, and this guy came and goes, hey, open mic, open mic. <laughs> uh, of course, it was a guy with that accent, too. It wasn't like a beautiful girl, like, oh, hi. Uh, was, hey, hey. He, he brought up some filth story I told on the podcast about me jerking it into a condom, and I was like, <laughs> tight, this is, this is, I'm glad this is what I'm known for. I'm happy that we've shared this memory of mine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, God, I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I love the podcast. It's Thanks, one of my man. favorite listens. Like, I started listening today when I was doing some research. I was just like, I love this. Like, you guys are so natural because you've been friends for 20 years, and you do talk a lot of people. Like, you, you're good at it, too. It's a passion of mine. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I just, I know I, I'm the first one to burn a bridge that I'm standing on, but I can swim, so it's fine. Yeah. But I just I, after I do things, sometimes almost every single time I open my mouth, I, I have this thing in my brain where I'm like, no, I want to pull it back. But I'm like, F- it, I'm here, commit to it. This is how you feel. Just do it. It's like improv. You just have to. You have to follow it down that tunnel and hope to God that it goes well, and it never does. Yes, and yes, and it all the way. So, what were you like as a kid? Were you kind of like the funny kid, or were you, were oh, you shy or? Shy towards women, but other than that, kind of a loud mouth a little bit. I was a scheming little kid. Just like as an adult, I was I was always a schemer. I was always trying to think of something funny to say. Like if a brother or a friend or sister got in trouble, I would try to think of something funny to say when we're around everybody to embarrass them and to get a laugh. But I, I was a little schemer and I was a little smart. Like uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, but when my dad would leave the house, he, my dad would drive a lot for his job. He, he had a cabinet business, so he would travel, measure people's house, whatever. But I'd always tell him, like, hey, bring me a candy bar. Bring me a Reese's when you come home. And he'll, he'd will he come back and be like, oh, I didn't stop any gas stations. I was like, hey, you had a quarter tank when you left today. <laughs> you drove to Dallas, and then you drove to Fort Worth. You didn't stop and get gas anywhere. And then I'd get my ass beaten for being too smart for my own good. I'm like six, and I'm like trailing him like a, like a little detective. So I was, I was a little schemer. I was telling my friend this the other day. When I was in kindergarten, I had this little friend named Zach. He was my best friend in the class. And Zach moved away and I knew that he moved away but the first day back at school after he moved away the teacher was like she didn't know that he moved she she asked me where's your little friend Zach at and I don't know why I did this but I made up some story about how I went to his house to play with him and his house was on fire and I saved his <laughs> life and dragged him and his mom out of the house I don't know why I lied like that and she believed me oh no and she she was like oh you're such a brave little man and all this <laughs> and I remember when my brother picked me up from school she told him he's so brave 
And he's like, what are you talking about? And she told him. And he just went along with it. But when we got home, he told my dad about it. They beat my ass oh, for yeah. like three weeks straight <laughs> over that. And they're like, why would you lie? And I was like, I don't know, but it felt good. <laughs> I've just always been a schemer like that. Have you that. ever figured out why you did that lie? Or no. You just, to I this still, day, you're just like. Like 40 years ago. I still don't, I don't know. To make myself look good, yeah. probably. I, I don't know. So you got your beat a lot, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get my beat a lot, but uh on Christmas, I would get like, one year, I got Super Nintendo and a go-kart. One year, I got Whoa. a dirt bike. So it was like I was cashing in all my hit points at once. <laughs> so I was like, if this is how Christmas would go, go ahead. Do what you got to do, bro. Like, get it out. You're angry. Come on. Let's, let's see if we can get me a trip to Disneyland out of this. Let's go. Yeah. I just imagine you getting beat and you're just like, oh yeah, the presents are getting better. <laughs> Dude, when I saw Goodfellas for the first time in the beginning, he's like, sometimes you got to take a beating. Yeah. That resonated with me. I was like, for sure, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. All right. So I got to ask this. Comedy wise, what was the first person you ever saw that like spoke to you or like a special or late night or what was your um, first influence? There was two. I'm an 80s baby. I was born in 82. So Eddie Murphy. I think it was Raw when, when Raw, Raw was first, right? And then Delirious, yeah, I think. I uh, it was that one. And then Jim Carrey. There was that special he did where he had the multicolored shirt. You look like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And he was doing impersonations and funny faces. And I had seen Eddie Murphy already, and I thought that was hilarious. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And I remember I was watching the Jim Carrey thing with my brother, who was 10 years older. And I, I, I was like, that's hilarious. Does he make money doing that? And my brother was like, yeah, he's famous and super rich. Which Jim Carrey was still starting out, but still, he's on TV. And in my mind, I was like, man, I want to do that. I was four or five years old. Oh, wow. So, naturally, I waited about 38 years before I started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, you were, what, 30? 28 years. Yeah, something say, like that. Damn. So, you were 30, you were in your 30s when you started comedy? I was 32. Yeah? Yeah, I was 32 so years what, old. So, what made you decide to, like, I'm finally getting up there, or what made you wait so long? Uh, it felt like time. No, I <laughs> I had just went through a, a bad breakup that I didn't see coming. Like, do you ever see it coming? No. You know? I went through a breakup and I lost uh, 170 pounds, oh. 180 pounds. Oh, wow. And I'm very entrepreneurial. I'd started like a t-shirt com- and hat company. I managed rappers. I had tried different inventions and get rich quick schemes and stuff. And I lost all this weight and I started thinking like, what do I want to do though? Cause, I mean, I had a job and all that. But I, I just was in my mind like, what do I want to do? What have I always wanted done? I should do something for myself. I've lost all this weight. I'm looking good. I can I can do anything. If I can do this, I can do anything. And I had two dreams when I was a child. Stand-up comedy or play in the MLB, Major League Baseball. And I still have a Major League Baseball body, but I don't have the talent for it anymore. So stand, I was stand-up. I, I just made the decision. I was like, I always wanted to. People had always told me that I was really funny. I should do stand-up. You should go on stage. You should try it. And I was always just scared. And I just said, F- it. I was in a point in my life where I was just in a, in a f- fit. And yeah. I was like, F- I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And I was terrible for years. I'm so, still pretty terrible. No, no, you're well. awesome. I was Thanks, I appreciate that, that. that. Like, when you began, you felt like you were not good. Oh, I wasn't. I see some of the videos from my first shows and my first videos. And I get physically sick. My stomach <laughs> starts to turn. I was like, oh, you're awful. Even like last weekend, I did a weekend of shows at a club. And I, I was going back through the tape yesterday to cut clips, put on social media, whatever. And still, I'm like, you're not getting better. <laughs> get better. <laughs> This. You know that <laughs> stupid, like, stop doing just little mannerism, stupid. You're shit. very perfectionist. 
when it comes to like your performances and stuff like that. I try. And like, what's funny is you're so self-deprecating about it. Every time I talk to you, you're like, nah, I suck. I'm terrible. And I, I don't think the community in any way, shape or form views you that way. I think you're top tier in the community. I appreciate that, man. So it's so funny to hear you say that. I, I appreciate the praise. I mean, and the, the respect from other people, which I don't, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, I have, I don't know if I have it, whatever, but I, I do appreciate that. But in my mind and just knowing myself, I think that when I'm overconfident, I fuck things up. I don't try as hard. I don't work as hard. And I feel like I could get complacent really easily. And I don't want to be a hometown hero. I don't want to be stuck in a situation. I want to continue to get better and advance. I'm pretty sure I've had you do it before, but my ritual before I go on stage for a show, not every open mic or whatever, but any actual show, I have somebody and I try to make it the staff at the club or wherever I'm at tell me that I suck. My staff or a friend. And it's simple. Just you suck. Some yeah. people I tell them like, hey, tell me I suck. They're like, you trash. This joke sucks. And this, I'm like, hey, bro, that hurt. Just say you suck. We can encompass all of it with two. You suck. That's all I need. There's a very funny comedian, you know, Latrice. She did that once at a bartender, one of the shows we were doing at a club that kind of started that tradition with me. She was like, you suck. And Latrice turned, she goes, yeah, you're trash. You're the worst. I was like, damn, Latrice, tell me how you feel for real. And uh, that's just, I don't know. I feel like I've had people come up to me when I'm about to go on stage. Like, oh, you're awesome. You got this, whatever. I don't know. I feel douchey. Don't just Tell me I suck, dude. Give me something to prove. So I don't drink before I go up because if I'm too confident, I feel like I'm going to f*** things up. Yeah. I, I just feel like I start stuttering if I'm too confident and all that. So I drink after the shows if I drink that night. I rewatched Married with Children. Have you ever watched that sitcom? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's still underrated to this day. It wasn't the typical premises you see on other sitcoms, but that I think that show is where I get a lot of my self-deprecation from. So I used to watch it every week, and that showed me that not all comedy has to be somebody like with a balloon animal or something cheesy like that. It can be kind of negative, but it's funny. It's not like it comes from a place of hate. It's just funny. To make fun of yourself. Yeah, dude. I'm very much the same way where I'm self-deprecating and like just my conversations. Not on stage. I haven't gotten used to that. I don't really have a stage personality yet. But I'm sure once I get one, I'll I'll kind of be the same way. Because I do think I suck and I think I'm terrible and I hate myself. But at the same time, I love myself and I think I'm awesome. I'm probably a narcissist. It's it's so (laughs) weird, that balance, right? Because the same way. I think I'm excellent, but I never tell anybody that. Yeah, no, you can't. But I also think that I'm the worse than I'm terrible and I feel like a cheese ball especially when there's other comics in the room and I'm on stage doing a joke I know they've heard before even if the joke does well applause break whatever still in my mind I'm like they think I'm a f- Hack. And I am. I'm a hack. I'm supposed to be enjoying this big roar of laughter, and I'm just like, you suck, you piece of <laughs> shit. I'm like an old detective. <laughs> I'm like that detective that's two weeks away from pension, and he's stuck with this case he can't figure out. I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if it ain't murder, I ain't getting off my desk. Get what the f*** out of here. What am I going to do? So what was it like that first time you went on stage for an open mic? Is Did you go up for an open mic, or did yeah. you go up for a show? Or- uh, it was an open mic. It was at the old Dallas Comedy House. And it was awful. Uh, Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. I'm nervous every time I go on stage. Even to this day for an open mic, I get nervous for everything. But, yeah, I was nervous. I uh, had read on their website or maybe their social media that the two guys that used to run it back then run the mic. It couldn't hurt if you buy them shots and stuff. And I, I remember... I made the mistake of bringing my two best, Jason and his wife came with me, two of my best friends on this planet. But they were doing the annoying thing. And Jason's like, when you go up, man, you got here before this guy. And he just kept yeah. on. It was making me more nervous. And I bought these guys drinks. And I was getting upset. Like, when am I going to 
Every open micer does that, yes. you know, your first time. Well, it's already one fifteen in the morning. Why am I not going up? And I remember I bought the guy's drinks. I was standing by him, and I was like, can I get on? He goes, oh, new people don't go until the end. And right when he said that, the girl on stage goes, this is my first time doing this. And she was like number 10 on the list or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, bro. What? And he goes, that's my girlfriend. I was uh, like, yeah. I get it. I get it. I but So if I suck your d- I can go up yeah. there. Yeah. I'll do it, man. I'm <laughs> tired of standing here, dude. It's dangerous outside. <laughs> so it takes forever, yeah, to get on that. Especially, oh, yeah. There's some, local, there's some open mics locally that are very much still stick to that. And yeah, and, I mean, you got to earn that right. We don't know if you're going to stick around. I, I get it. But my first time in, I I, I, remember, I was thinking about this the other day. I paced the stage. I paced. This is a long stage. I walked back and forth the whole time. I was sweating out of breath. And it was terrible. I don't use any of those jokes anymore. And I remember I got heckled by another comic at the end. It was dumb. I said something about blowing a guy or whatever. And he goes, he say he'd suck a d-. And I, even then I had to come back for it because I've been picked on my whole life. So I was like, it's just research, bro. It's not gay if you're collecting data. Only funny thing I said in the whole set, but there was no one there to laugh at it. So it didn't uh, matter. Damn. damn. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it works with open mics, too. I can't believe a comedian heckled you. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, this I, this comic sucks. So yeah, I was gonna say I would get it if you knew them and had been like your your kind of friends or something like that. But like for a first timer, oh, that's rough. That's weird that they would do that. Yeah. So you said you were pretty bad at it. What was the growing process like for you? You know, how did you get better? Did you painful? Look at- it was painful, but it was something I wanted to do. So I, you know, you get one laugh and then you're hooked. It's like that first hit of good cocaine. You're like, oh, yeah. oh this is what it's about. Okay. No. But and I was just practice getting up on stage as much as I could. Keep trying. Pay attention to what you're doing. And I mean, if something's not working, maybe take a look at it. See if there's something you can change. When I started, the scene here is great now and it's very supportive. Back then it wasn't as supportive, which I kind of enjoyed. The people that bullied me or were mean to me <laughs> till I got good at comedy because it made me work and earn the respect of my peers. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of that. Some people that are my good friends now were so mean to me then <laughs> but i kind of respect that and i think we should bully the new people a little more than I we do already it's a little too woke if you yeah. ask me we need, we need to figure this out yeah we need to call them re- no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding they can be retarded we don't have to call them no no you, yeah but, <laughs> it's totally different but yeah it was it was just i mean you just got to put in the work it's something you got to find yourself like you mentioned a, a minute ago about Stage personality, I think, and this is, I make up everything. People ask me for advice. I'm like, hey, I'm making, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is right. But I think what we do is we get on stage a bunch when we're new and we, we, we're just figuring out how to make, how to get a laugh, how to make people laugh. And then you kind of, I think, start developing like who you are or bringing who you are onto stage and trying to convey that to a room full of strangers. And I think that's why I like doing stories now for a long time. I fought doing these personal stories that I do. For at least like the first four or five years. And I just, I finally figured out like how to be myself. It sounds like the easiest thing. Just be yourself. But yeah. it's the hardest thing to f- do as a comedian is to convey yourself the way you want to be portrayed yeah. in their eyes. It's weird because it's a perception thing. It's like how you perceive yourself, how the audience perceives you, how you think the audience. It's so much goes into that. You know what I mean? And once you figure it out, I feel like it gets so much easier 
because when I was newer and for years, I try to make myself look like the good guy or whatever, and then I realize that's I'm not I'm not yeah. though I'm not the good guy. It's yeah, just, you're I'm, definitely I'm a villain. You're, you're a villain character. I but I, I I like to think of it like anti-hero. If maybe. I ever get to do an album or special, whatever, my first one I want to call it honorable scumbag. Yeah. I feel like that's perfect. Is that sum how, for is that how you view yourself on stage? Is that that character? Sorta, yeah. sorta, yeah. I guess that makes sense. You're willing to go places other comedians aren't willing to go, and you're willing to say things that are crass, and you work blue, but you can also work clean, too. Yeah, so yeah, I've I seen you clean. do both. And so I don't know if you have a clean set and a dirty set or how you rock it, but you have a little bit of comedy on both sides. It's a mix. The clean set teeters a little bit. Some of the jokes I do or stories, I clean them up or I cut parts out. So, I mean, I can definitely clean it up. I can do – I think it's important to be able to do both, but I think it's also important to do this the way you want to do it. Is that hard to clean them up? Or That's how I started. Everybody was really preaching hard when I started comedy to work clean and learn how to write clean and all that which i don't have a problem with i don't mind clean comedy at all if that's what you're into that's cool i just prefer to do what i want to do and it's not the cursing it's the content like i don't need to say or 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 balls or so many beeps i beep all the curse words do you i'm sorry i'm giving you so much work no no be yourself keep me busy but it's not that it's my content that is kind of dirty, but they say be yourself. I'm a filthy human. It's just yeah. I'm being myself. It is what it is. I mean, I have stories about me. But I have this one story, and I've only tried it a few times, and it's it's rough. It's going to take me a few years to get this to a masterpiece, but it's about me basically uh, banging my friend's real doll, and he doesn't know about it. <laughs> uh, Did you really do that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was God. house-sitting for him, and I found it. <laughs> And you can't just bang someone's real doll, right? You got to no. clean it first. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've even after I have, I've done it about fourteen times. But <laughs> <laughs> I sneak into his house while he's at work. And <laughs> How could you not like the opportunities there? And she's a yeah. So I mean, well, no, she she's just stuck in a situation, Doc. I'm no, going to help her out no, of it. You're right, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, it's this, one of those kind of stories. Hot. Yeah, this is, this is hot. it's so erotic. It's so wrong. <laughs> so, it's so hot. Is that true though? You really did that? You did it for the story. Yeah, for the story. Yeah, that's why you did it. Yeah. The story in the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I I can't help myself sometimes yeah. with the story. Yeah. So I used to do stuff for the story all the time. Like that was one of my uh, growing pains, I guess you would say, because it'd be like, well, f- it. let's go. Let's see what happens. I think you still have to. I mean, with, with uh, just for me personally throughout my life, I like doing stupid yeah. for the story. Yeah. Like I said, you don't create a legend by staying safe. That's true. That's very true. Hey, everyone. It's just Doc jumping in to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you dig it, please head over to our website at ImprovTX.com, where you can check out our calendar for all the upcoming shows in Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio. And don't forget to follow our social media, all links in the description. And with that, back to the podcast. So what was it like the first time you got a hosting gig? Like you got that call and you actually got... You were going to get paid for the job. Uh, it was a little tumultuous on how to get it, but once I got it, I was super excited for it, super nervous, wanted to throw up, got really drunk before I went up because I had to. <laughs> I used to drink before I went on stage. I used to drink a lot. But yeah, it was. Uh, I was scared, man. I was scared of shit, yeah. but I opened for Slade Ham at the Plano Hyenas. Slade was great. He with me all weekend and as soon as after the first show very first show hosting gig ever real club work i go up i do my set set went good it was, it was good I'd, I'd done a ton of showcases in that room so i was comfortable on that stage and i was like 
year and a half, two years in. So, I mean, I was fortunate to start getting paid work that early. But I come off stage and I'm in the manager's office and the features on stage and the headliner who I just met right before I went on stage. He goes, hey, is this, this is the guy that's hosting? No, we can't have him on the show, man. No, we're not going to have him here. He's got to go. He's fired. And I was like, and he goes, I'm with you. And I was like, dude, I almost puked right now. I, I, I puked in my throat a little bit. And he's just, he was like, I know, it was your first time I had to with you. That's awesome. So yeah. have you hosted for him since then? I've hosted and featured for him since nice. a couple of times, yeah. Very nice. And uh, he's a fun dude. I like Slade. Yeah. yeah, he's a very nice guy. So what was it like when you finally got the headline, when you got that gig? Uh, Also stressful. I'm stressed at anything I do on stage, <laughs> even an open mic. But it's stressful your first time doing more than you know 15 minutes because most of your work when you start out, in most scenes, your hosting spot is going to be 10 to 15 minutes, and that's what you do. And then if you get some feature work, it's 20 to 25. Once you move from hosting to featuring, it's harder, and the work kind of gets stretched out because you got to expand to other scenes because it's not like you need a feature. Ever. There's so many of us. But that first time, I was just, I kept going over my notes and going over. And by notes, I mean like lists of my set. And I was like, I've never gotten to do this much before. I don't even know. I've got to throw some stuff in here, see if it works. But it was super stressful. But it, it, it turned out pretty good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, I, I liked it. Well, you like a couple of years in when you finally got the, the, the uh, headline? I was probably like five years in. Oh, Something damn. like that, four or five years. That's which is probably all. still not ready for it. You know, I mean, it's this, when it's your show and you've got to, you have to deliver. You're the last guy. You're the one they waited for and sat through at least two other guys for. You got to give it to them. You got to give yeah. them everything. You can't hold back. You got to give them the show because you are the show. If you tell yourself that before you go on stage, you'll probably puke or <laughs> your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you're having flashbacks to Slade Ham right there. Oh, dude. That's fun. What was the weirdest thing you ever saw on stage? What was the moment where you're like, that is not normal? Oh, there's so many things. I've oh, seen. nice. I've seen women getting fingered in the front wait, row. Wait, 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 what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was doing this show where was i think it was down in houston doing a not at a club or anything doing this independent show I was headlining getting paid for and it was like it was a bar but they had like a performance area so i mean there's a bar in the back of the room but people were there for it this chick she was getting fingered by a dude and i was just like I kept i kept looking at him <laughs> and after about 20 minutes i was headlining i was doing like 45 minutes i, I think i did like 50 minutes something like that like 25 20 minutes in or something like that I stopped and I said, you fingering her? <laughs> she, her face got white and I saw her like like sit up. I'm like, hey, careful. You're going to snap his finger off. And the crowd just blew. And I was doing good, but I wasn't like, it's not like I was getting a ton of applause breaks. But that blew. I had to wait like a full minute for everything to oh, settle down. Awesome. But I was like, bro, let me smell your finger. <laughs> and I just, I, I spent 15 minutes just on that. I was like, how can you leave that? Yeah. You know? Do you do a lot of crowd work? Is that kind of your thing? Or I, I don't plan on it. It's just if it happens, you know, if it happens, it happens. I don't go up planning on it. I usually plan to do my jokes or material but i try to be loose enough because you got to be able to they're going to throw stuff at you sometimes no matter how many times they tell you like the say when the club you know there's a dj or or the sound guy does the announcement or whoever does the announcement starts the show they always say don't yell out stuff don't talk to the comedians whatever there's always going to be some almost 99 percent of the time there's always someone that does that this weekend i was hosting at a club and the guy emphasized don't yell stuff out don't yell stuff out and i have this joke about how aliens are real and have the thing i don't believe is proctologists still have to use their finger or whatever and I'm the first guy up, and they just said, don't yell stuff out. And this guy goes, 
I test myself every day. <laughs> and as a host, you're not supposed to do crowd work. But I was like, you know, you just told a room full of strangers, I'll finger myself. And I, went, I had to do the rest of my set on him. Yeah. And I couldn't help it. And I was like, this is why this guy wants to get abducted. He's in the bathroom <laughs> abducting himself right now. And it was fun. I'm cutting a clip on it. It'll be out tomorrow or the oh, next day. Awesome. But Oh, that yeah. Go to Mikey B's YouTube channel. You can find it if you go to my website, MikeyB.card.co, and card has two R's. Or just go to any of my social media. It's all at Mikey B, the comic. So, and, super simple. And you got to check out the shorts and the like the 60-second clips. Like They're killer, dude. I have, uh, so one of you, my favorite things to do is when I'm on YouTube is to watch your shorts. Oh, thanks, I man. I love it, dude. Yeah, I have, I have all that stuff on my TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And same for the Open Mic Podcast. We've got hundreds of 60 seconds or less videos, tons of clips. You're doing it right when it comes to that. Like, your clips are some of the funnest clips I've ever seen online. Thanks, man. I think so, too. And sometimes I see how many views or likes I get, and I'm like, come on, I'm great. Yeah, let's go. But then when people ask me, I'm like, oh, no, I suck. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. The numbers are telling me the truth. Um, tell you a couple other weird things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me more. Uh, you've been on stage plenty. Have you ever farted on stage? No. Dude, I've I've nervously farted or just farted on stage. Like loud or like There's been a couple of loud ones. Usually usually it's quiet. Sometimes it's like a you know, like a cough fart. You know, I call it a cart. You know, it can kinda surprise you like and it, just, and it comes out. But I remember I was on stage at this club and I'm hosting and uh I farted bad. It was it was it was silent, so nobody heard it, but I could see the, the face of the front row. <laughs> And this lady's eating her nachos, and I see her pick one up, and it hits her right where she takes a bite, and she she does this. She looks around like, what the fuck? And I just looked at her and winked, and I just kept going with my joke. I felt so bad, because they're level, you know, and you're standing up here in some places, and I felt so bad. And I saw her eye start to water a little bit, and I was like, I think I just killed this I infected the whole crowd. It's, uh, it's a pandemic. I would love it if you see people start dropping as the front moved up. The, uh, the front row just empties now. They one row back. They just keep moving back a row. Oh, that's, they say they kill the audience as well. That's that, awesome. So what else did you see on stage? Uh, I've had people try to come up and fight me on stage. What? I had a biker try to come up and fight me on stage. And the thing was, the joke I was doing, actually, we were on the same side, but he wasn't listening. He heard one thing he didn't like, and he turned into one of these pillow princesses that want to just hear a word and get triggered and be like no i don't agree with you and it's like well if you listen you might but he came up on stage took his chain off and i, was, I grabbed the mic stand i was like dude i'll bash your head in. don't you better back up i was like also i'm scared of you please don't hurt me but <laughs> yeah seen a, a woman at a show i was producing took her shoes off and threw them at some of the comics what yeah all kinds of Man, there's some places that it's just so don't funny because I ask this question over and over again, and no one ever has an answer for it. They'll have like one incident. You're saying like every show is like oh, a they're party. not doing it right. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. I've seen some I've seen some stuff. I've I've done shows at uh, hookah bars. I've seen people just doing coke off the table. Uh, I did a bump while I was on stage. <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, well, if, this, if it's that open here, let me have some then. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I was like, if you're and bring some, bring some for the class. Teachers got to teach. I looked around and the booker was just smiling. I was like, okay, here, right, here we go. go. Yeah, nice. I was gonna say the wildest thing I ever saw when you said that you saw the girl getting fingered. I saw a guy getting jerked off when I was a server, and I and I literally just. He leaning back with his hands over his I neck. think I was here for that show. I was here, right? Uh, no, it was in Arlington. Arlington? I think yeah. I, I remember hearing that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, dude. It was f- hilarious because I was just like, that guy's getting a 
hand job. He's just leaning back, his dick's out, and he's just getting it. Why are you going old-fashioned in the middle of the show? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, she, and the funny part was he was like a good-looking guy, and she was like a like a Shrek, basically. So, like, I was like, I was like, hey, this world takes all types, and there's That's a reason a, he likes it. It was a two-wank minimum that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice do you have for up-and-coming comedians? People are just getting started. People like myself, I'm only a year in. Like, um, well, you know how you get to Carnegie Hall, don't you? How? Practice. You just practice. Keep doing it. People ask me for advice, and it blows my mind because I'm like, I'm trash. But the only thing I say is do it as much as you can. Be yourself is what they say. The one thing to keep in mind that I have to remind myself even to this day is you can't compare your career or timeline to anybody else's. Be cool with the other comics. This is a brotherhood. You don't know who's going to pass you up or who you're going to pass up in this game because it is a game and there's no blueprint that says this is how you do it i can give you tips and stuff with little things here and there but ultimately everybody has to find their own path and timeline and like i said there's people that have passed me up and there's people that i've passed up so i have to remind myself like you can't that's their life you know that's my trajectory is my trajectory and we all get where we're going just some of us aren't going where we think we are yeah and that's a lot of us. I mean, not saying that some people won't make it, which some will, some won't. It's just life. But also, you don't know where you could end up. You don't know. Just keep doing it and try to do it the way you want it. Just be honest to yourself and just be honest on stage. And don't steal f-ing jokes. Yeah, don't steal Don't jokes. do anyone else's material. Yeah. Don't Just don't do it. Something that you went through recently I want to talk about, because I think it did have a huge impact on you, obviously, was the triple bypass. Yes. And your comedy... Do you feel like it has changed since you had that moment? Because you technically died on that table, right? Uh, Yeah, about three minutes or so. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, you tell a great joke about it, which I won't uh, spoil. Oh, yeah. I, I, the short. I've, got, I've got like uh, eight or ten minutes. On. It was more, but I've kind of like boiled it down to just the good stuff. But, yeah, I feel like now I – here's the thing. I was telling someone this the other day. I've said this several times since that. I am grateful to still be here, but I feel like I should be more grateful than I am because I'm just, I'm irritated all the time now. I've thought about this a lot. I mean, I I meditate, you know, I manifest, manifest, meditate, and masturbate. I think those are the three of life, dude. Um, But I feel like I'm just irritated because I know now that I have even less time to waste. So, I mean, I feel like since then on stage, I just even push myself even harder to just go for it, do it the way I want to. And I don't want to waste my time in places I don't want to be in and with people I don't want to be around. So I feel like it's my offstage behavior towards comedy has changed. And I think for the better. I mean, I don't know. I'm making this up. But also, uh, I feel like it pushes me on stage that if I go up and I, I felt like, say, if I, instead of doubling down, I back off of a subject or, or something like that or bow down to a heckler or something. I feel like I come off stage and be like, pussy. Like, <laughs> Them. This is your, you're on stage. That's your time. This is your career. Do what you want to do. Do this the way you feel it in, in your heart or your brain or your dick or whatever. Just <laughs> do it the way you want to, you know? I don't think you should waste your time doing things you don't want to do with people you don't want to be around in places you don't want to be in. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And my last question, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where would you like to be? Uh, Well, I already died. That didn't stick. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the plan. But uh, in the next five years, man, I would like to be consistently featuring at clubs, if not headlining. I'd like to start headlining clubs. It's kind of a vicious circle because to headline, you got to have credits. To get credits, you got to headline. So it's a hard thing to get into. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I I have at least 45 minutes of solid jokes I've written, tested, done all over the country. 
that I know work. And I mean, I have other material and I have more than that, but I feel like I could do it. And uh, I have done it several times at this point, but I'd like to be, you know, consistently headlining, maybe have some more credits, get some TV or movie credit or something. And what I would really like to do is take my podcast on the road and do like where I book a weekend at a club and I headline the club and then Saturday afternoon do a live podcast because then I get paid for both. And also I feel like that would draw, help me sell tickets for the shows. Most of these clubs don't care. That's a piece of advice I can give you all too is that keep in mind a lot of these clubs care about how many seats you can fill. So if if you can get your social media game up, I know that's – the old plan was get on the Tonight Show, that maybe a sitcom, or that'll help you sell tickets for stand-up. I've and that's where the clean comedy came from. I think now there's paths for dirty comedy. There's Netflix, HBO. There's all kinds of. There's YouTube. You you can yeah. just put it out and produce it yourself now, and then you can sell tickets. So I mean, just get in the game. That's what it is. Get yeah. your social media up. But I would like to do that. Headlining clubs, live podcast at least a couple times a month. Be consistently working. Yeah, and you know the podcast thing works because you've tried it. And it, I thought it worked amazingly, you know what I mean? I was very yeah. surprised. Yeah, it was awesome. Time. It was awesome. All right, well, we got to say the social media real quick. Facebook.com backslash Mikey B. The Comedian. Instagram.com backslash The Open Mic Podcast. Twitter.com backslash Open Mic 5000. And TikTok.com backslash at The Open Mic Podcast. Mikey B., yes. thank you. Thank I appreciate you. you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. It's good to see you, too. It's good to see you, too. Everyone, check out the Open Mic Podcast. It's freaking amazing. Check out Mikey B. whenever he's headlining some weekend here in DFW or across the nation. You're going to find him. You're going to love his show. And with that said, thank you so much for listening. Support local comedy in any way, shape, or form that you can. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. And there it is. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please head over to ImprovTX.com to check out all our upcoming shows at the Addison, Arlington, Houston, and San Antonio clubs. If you like this podcast, you might enjoy the other podcasts on the ImprovTX Comedy Network. We have The Act Out. From open mics to the big stage, comedians tell us the story they've made, where I talk to comedians from all over and chat about their journey this far. Also, check out the Black Dog Retro Arcade Podcast. Straight from the arcade, we talk about how our favorite games were made. That's right, we're talking all that video game goodness. And finally, we have Quackin' Up, a storytelling podcast where we pick suggestions from a hat and tell stories based upon them. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please check out our social media, all links in the description. And with that, we'll see you on the next one.